0: Let's go to the Word of God. God has been speaking to us so beautifully and we want to continue to let God speak to us. We're in a series on the school of obedience. We see that the Great Commission says that we're to go into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, says Jesus. And so, Christ Community Church, we're to become a school of obedience. We're to model obedience, observance. This morning, I want to help continue to bring and enlarge the, the uh, meaning of obedience, what it means to obey the Lord. And in fact, move from obedience into observing and from observing into loving. And so, I hope that you'll find the heart of Scripture and the message of the Bible as we mature in following after Jesus. If we're supposed to model it, it's more than us just being a bunch of people who follow religious duties, but in fact walk in love. And that's what John says. Apostle John says this in 1 John 5, chapter 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Jesus, in fact, said, my yoke is what? Easy. Easy. It's light. He's yoked. We're yoked with Him. Wow, I thought obedience was tough. I thought obedience was hard. I thought following after the law of God and the righteousness of God. As a matter of fact, uh, in Acts chapter 15 at the Jerusalem council when the apostles gathered together to discuss this this move of the way of Christ and Gentiles are being saved. So then they had to determine is Christianity just an extension of Judaism? Is it that in order to be saved, you need to come under the law. And James stood up and said, Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? So, what's going on here? The Apostle John says that to obey the commandments of God are not burdensome. It shows your love for God. And yet he was part of that same council that said the law was burdensome. Because something has changed in the New Testament. Something has changed concerning the commands and the obedience, the observance of God. Something has drastically moved to where we are no longer trying to follow rules and regulations. And now we are living a life in the Spirit that causes us to walk without the burden. So we need to understand what this is all about and what it means. Let me ask you a question. How do you get people who are not Spirit-filled, not born again, to follow God's holiness? How do you get unregenerate people to be holy? Well, that's what we were dealing with in the Old Testament. Even though Israel was called, they were still a people in Adam. They were not born again of God's Spirit. God's Spirit did not dwell in them. Oh, God's Spirit would visit upon Moses. He would visit upon their anointed leaders, King David. He would visit upon the prophets. He would pour upon them, but He didn't dwell in them. So you have an entire nation of unregenerate people, an entire nation of carnal people who are learning to be holy. Be holy as I am holy. Now, how did that go for them? And so, when God is calling them to holiness, but by nature they are depraved, you've got some difficult times, don't you? It becomes burdensome to follow the law. There are people who claim to be Christians, but cannot follow after the law and commands of Jesus Christ. So, the question is are they born of God's Spirit? Are they saved? Or are they following rules and regulations as an unregenerate person? There might be someone here today, and and maybe you're having a V8 moment. I've been trying to do this without being born again. I've been trying to be a good Christian following Jesus, and I figured that it was just my abilities, and you've realized you can't. And so the law of God was designed it was added to the promise of Abraham to instruct the nation. I mean think of it this way, how how do you work with children? How do you teach children right from wrong? What's typically the motivation? Reward and punishment. That's what the law is about. Reward and punishment. Blessing or cursing. Blessing or cursing. He is instructing them. He's teaching them like children. And the law has become the schoolmaster. The law has become the teacher. The guardian over these children who are learning to be holy, but (laughs) they can't. They're unregenerate. So they try. And so he puts out laws and regulations to physically act out so that they could begin to get it. And so the law is teaching them holiness and they're trying the best they can to be holy. And so the entire Old Testament is based on motivation that is reward and punishment. Reward and punishment. Just read the book of Jeremiah, Isaiah. Reward and punishment. Do this and I'll give you this. Don't do that or you'll get this. Bank. Right? And so again, he's leading a people to obey and to follow after Him. And so in Galatians 3.24 it says, The law is our schoolmaster unto the Messiah that we might be justified by faith. Something radically changes when Messiah comes. But the entire Old Testament is reward and punishment of behavior. Behavior to learn what it means to be God's holy people. The law was not able to do it. And what the law was unable to do, God sent His Son. Because we couldn't do it because of our nature. They couldn't do it because of their nature. They needed to be redeemed. But God says, I need you to obey. I need you to obey. In fact, the the declaration of Israel is the Shema. Shema. It's the foundation of what they believe. Deuteronomy 6.4 The word Shema means what? Yes. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the Shema. And the Hebrew word Shema means hear, O Israel. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So he's training them, teaching them this concept that there's only one God. Don't follow after false gods. Don't build idols. Don't go after the Canaanite gods. Don't go after Philistine gods. Hero Israel, there's only one God. And I'm it. And I'm your God. Stick with me. But what's interesting in Hebrew, there's only uh, over some 8,000 words in Hebrew, but 12,000 in English in Scripture. So Hebrew doesn't have as many words, but they have deeper meanings to the single words they have. And what's interesting with the word Shema, which means hear, it is also translated in other portions of Scripture as obey. You see, to the Hebrew mind, the Hebrew mindset is this. If you hear from God, you must Obey. To hear equals obey. Wouldn't you wish your children understood that? Didn't I tell you? How many times you read in Scripture, God is saying that over and over to them. Didn't I tell you to clean your room? You heard me, but you didn't obey. obey. So to hear is to obey. Now the Greek mind, the Western mind—that's our mindset. We see, hear, and we think of, listen. We think of an auditory response. Yeah, I heard you. That's what men say to their wives. Yeah, I heard you. Uh huh. And the wives are going, But you didn't do what I asked. How many of you know that you can hear something and, and not hear something? Come on, I'm giving us away, guys. Just kind of... I hear you. And this is Israel's problem. Hear, O Israel. Another way to say it is, Obey Israel. Obey Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Obey Him. If you hear Him, you obey. And this is the problem in the 21st century with the church. We listen to the Word of God. We've heard the Word of God. But are we obeying the Word of God? If you're not obeying, you didn't hear it. Right? In fact, let's emphasize it a little more. There's a famous Hebrew rabbi that said this at least ten times in the New Testament. Can anybody figure out what he said? He who has... Yeah. Jesus said it in Mark, He said it in Matthew, He said it seven times, once to every church that He was speaking to. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. Now being Hebrew or Jewish, Jesus would have used the word Shema. He who has an ear to Shema, let him Shema. So what would Jesus be saying to His disciples and saying to His church and those who follow Him? He who has an ear to hear, let him obey. 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 That's what Jesus means when He says, if you have an ear to hear, let him obey. Not if you have an ear to hear, let him hear what I'm saying. Yeah, I got that verse. That's a good verse. I understand it. I know it in Greek. I know it in Hebrew. I understand what it means. I know who he was talking to. I get it. It's a parable. I understand it completely. If you're not living it, you don't get it. This is where the church is at. We hear, we hear, we hear. It's all up here. We process it. We put it in here. We know it. And our body does something else. This is a contradiction. And this would not be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It might be the fringe crowd who listens. And so examine our hearts. Are we unregenerate people? No. We're people who have the Holy Spirit. So if we hear, we must what? Obey. It's the message that he concluded with all seven of the churches in Asia Minor. For those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Let them shema. Let them obey what the Spirit is saying. So obedience is essential. Obedience has us walk with God. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Amos 3.3 Can you get to where you need to go if you're not agreed on how to get there? Jesus says, go from here to here. We say, I, yeah, I hear you. I'll get there when I can. There were people who were following him. He said, first let me bury my father. He says, let the dead bury their dead. You better follow me. I've got to do this, I've got to do that. So we need to learn to obey God and we need to follow after him. And so that's the essential part of obedience. But let me show you something even further developed. How many of you know that James says that you need to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer? He's speaking what Jesus said. It's the Hebrew concept. It's, it's everything. That if you hear, you do. If you hear, you do. Right? So if you're stu- stirred by the Holy Spirit this morning, and, and, or later this afternoon, somebody's put on your heart, do something about it. Immediately pray for them. Or give them a phone call. You'll be wonderfully surprised when you begin to obey the voice of the Spirit. Hey, I was just calling about you. I can't believe you called me. <laughs> I needed that. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Seriously, begin to walk in this thing. Begin to move in it. If you hear, you what? If you hear, you That's the trigger. That's the mechanism. If you hear, you obey. When you read the Word today and you study it, if you hear it, you will obey it. Now, this is the marvelous testimony of Abraham. In Genesis 26, verses 4 through 5, God promises blessing. Here's the reward. He promises blessing. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because of that man. We're blessed because of that man's obedience, but not just as obedience. Something develops in this man that goes beyond simply obedience. He says, Abraham obeyed Shema, my voice, and kept Shamar, my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Well, that's just a little R on the end of the word. Shema and Shamar. Shema means to obey. Shamar means to observe. Huh, what does that mean? To observe something. When you observe a holiday, what are you doing? Celebrating it, it, you're observing it, you're keeping it. Keeping is another word. You're preserving it. It's woven into the fabric. Because observing something means your heart is in it. It becomes entwined with your life. Abraham not only obeyed Shema, He not only obeyed, but he observed. All of a sudden, all that he was taught became his life. He didn't just hear God tell him, leave your father's house. He observed it and left his father's house. Do You see, where observing now becomes entrenched in you, becomes part of you. It becomes what you do. To hear, you can obey and not give your heart in anything. But to observe means it becomes something. You preserve it, you guard it, you protect it with your life. Is it just an act of obedience? Well, no, it's not, because listen to this, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. It's the priestly blessing that God says over over Israel. The Lord bless you and keep you. Right? You know that. The Lord's face shine upon you and give you grace his countenance rise upon you and give you peace. So when God says the Lord bless you and keep you, guess what the word keep there is? Shamar. So does God obey you? The Lord bless you and obey you. I don't think so. Shamar is more than just obedience. When God says, He uses the same word for Himself. And how many of you know God doesn't obey us? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. What does it mean to keep? You have become precious to Him. It means He protects you. He's keeping you. So God wants you to take obedience past simply uh, obeying a law and now keeping it and treasuring it and protecting it. I would rather do God's will than my will. I'm observing God's life in me instead of my own desire. And he keeps you. He kept Daniel. He kept David. He preserved them. He had Shamar over them. He kept them and observed them. He told Adam that you were to dress and Shamar the garden. That Adam was to cultivate the garden and to keep it. We think just protect it. But God said observe it. Observe the garden. Preserve the garden. You see, the reason we observe God's laws is not for reward or punishment, to, but to know Him. Are you getting this? But to know Him. The reason He says, thou shalt not, or have you do this, or don't do that, is so that you'll become begin to understand Him. That's moving from obedience to observance. How many of you, thank God, your kids grew up in about 24 or 25 years old, they began to understand you? They would obey you before, but now it's like, I get it. That's why you did. And then when they have kids, it's a glorious thing. You become wise in their sight. And then they begin to realize, hey, what do I do when they do this? They begin to observe that you, in fact... We're doing something different. Those laws you laid down, those rules you laid down in the house, now they're beginning to observe and realize it's not just obey. Now I know why you did it. And that's what's happening here with Shamar. In fact, let me help you understand what Shamar means. Shemar comes from the root word, the definition, to guard, to keep, or to preserve. And it was developed by, from shepherds who would, dura, during the day as their sheep were grazing, they would take piles of thorn bushes. That's what this is. This is a, a ring of thorn bushes. And they would put thorn bushes at night around the sheep. Two reasons why. Give me one. Keep the animals from getting at them. And keep them from getting out. It was a protection. This is what the word shamar means. It goes past obedience and it means to protect and to guard. This is the first razor wire fence. Isn't it? It's the first barbed wire. It's a natural barbed wire. And it's a crown. It was a circle of thorns. Shamar means that you not only obey Shema, but you observe, you Shamar, and protect what I have given you. And there's one who came to bring the greatest protection of all. And that crown of thorns, that's to protect us from the enemy and to keep you to himself, is the Shamar of his own thorny crown. That encircle us and shamar you and I. Wow, amen. You see, he observes us. I will bless you and I will keep you. Now, this is more than reward and punishment. Now, this isn't just obeying, now, this is observing the love that God has given us. This is the love. Shamar is the love. To observe is to love. So we go from being children, tutored by a law, to now we become sons of God, born of God's own Spirit, protected by His observing us and us being observed. Einstein figured this out. He was a smart guy, but he didn't come to God. He didn't come to Christ. But he said this, if people are good only because they fear punishment and hope for a reward, then we are a sorry lot indeed. We're preaching obedience here. Listen, this isn't dog training school. My dad used to take our dogs to dog training when I was a kid. Anybody here take a a dog to dog training school? Right? Some of you have, right? I remember as a kid I would go, is that some local elementary school? And he'd take the dog there, and they'd walk in a circle. All these people with dogs. Walk in a circle. Stop. Pull the chain. Dog would learn to sit. Heel. Come on. Let's go. And the dog would disobey. Had a little rolled up newspaper. Swat. Pull the chain. Is that what we're teaching Christianity is? We're a dog kennel. Obey him. Or you'll get whacked with a newspaper. Or you'll get a doggy treat. That was Israel because they were unregenerate. Something happened to you where you were birthed now in God. The shamar of protection be put on flesh. It was Jesus Christ and that thorny crown put on his head that became our protection was his blood. And by that blood we were cleansed and we were now taken out of Adam and put into Christ. And now the law, which was basically a picture of God's holiness and His Holy Spirit, now is not written on stone. It's written in you. And that very law is the fulfillment the Holy Spirit put in you. We're more than dog obedience. It's an observance of keeping what He's given us. He's put His Holy Spirit in us. I'm going to preserve that and keep that and honor His nature in me. So Einstein figured this out. Yeah, give God a hand. Thank God. See, we get this debate all the time with Christians. Should we keep the law or should we not keep the law? The law is in you. Now with Christ in me, the hope of glory, the expectation of His nature, now with the Spirit of God in me, I can observe all the righteous requirements of the law by God's Holy Spirit. And it's not by good boy, bad boy. It's because I walk in a new nature. I'm taken out of Adam. I'm in Christ. I'm a son of God. I've been given, as, as Galatians says, <laughs> we have a new identity. The schoolmaster's done. You grew up, you done graduated, people. Walk like it. So, hey, Einstein figured this out punishment and reward, if that's all that motivates us. And unfortunately, that's what's happened in the church. We've become religious people. Good boy, bad boy. God wants us to walk. I replaced that and said if Christians are good only because they fear punishment and hope for reward, then we're a sorry lot indeed. Where's the love? Where's the motivation to preserve what God has done for us and to walk under the weight of that crown of thorns that is ours? Turn with me to Galatians 3 24. Galatians 3.24, Paul tells us about this schoolmaster, the law. It's more than observing. And in Galatians 3.24, he says this. I read from the uh, ESV. "...So then, the law was our guardian, or schoolmaster, until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith." But now that faith has come, we're no longer under that guardian or that schoolmaster or the law. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you've put on Christ. We don't obey obey the rules of Christianity. We don't obey Jesus because we're afraid of reward or punishment. We walk in observance of who He is because He loves us and we love Him. And I don't want to offend that love. Pastor Ron put it beautifully last week in an illustration of his daughters when he spoke and asked them, why didn't you ever consider rebelling? And they said, it never occurred to us to hurt you oh if we would walk in the nature of that love Why would I offend Jesus if Jesus says, stop looking at that? If Jesus says, stop drinking that? If Jesus says, stop smoking that? If Jesus says, stop hanging with them? Why would I offend that love that is encircling me to keep the enemy out? Why would I cross over that prickly crown of thorns to go after something I want when everything I need is in him? And I observe, and I honor that love. Oh, how I honor that love. I've put on Christ. Now, Einstein wasn't saved, but Dorothy Day was. Radical, rebel rouser. She got saved. She began to care for the poor and the sick, and she said this, True obedience is a matter of love which makes it voluntary, not compelled by fear or force, and I added, or reward. Let me ask you, the only reason you obey Jesus is because you want a reward? Because you want a mansion on the hilltop? I've got a mansion. I'm going to add an extra wing this week, so I'm going to do a lot of good things. No, come on. The only reason you and I are going to heaven is because of what Christ Jesus did on that cross. You can't add to it. You can't add to it. We've become His workmanship. Therefore, anything I'm doing is out of love for what He's put in me. You heard the prophecies this morning. It doesn't matter the words. It's what's coming out of your heart. We can obey by words, but what's coming out of your heart? What are we doing? You heard the songs this morning. He's a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who you are. You've become this now. My obedience, my observing of Christ's rules and commands is because I love him. Not because I'm going to get a reward or many of you are afraid he's going to punish you. Some of you said something wrong to someone yesterday. Someone you offended the law of God. Someone you, some of you sinned uh, in your flesh against the law of God. So expect today to get into a car accident. Because He's going to punish you. Now you're laughing at me. 80% of you believe that. I'm not kidding. I counsel you quite often. And you're always looking. Why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong to offend God? Really? Because if God has to punish you just to get you right, there's an absence of love here somewhere. No. No. The reason, if you get in a car, God forbid you get in a car accident. Father, make sure they don't get into a car accident today. We pray that covering over us. But the only reason we get into a car accident is because either you were crummy at driving or someone else was. That's it. It's not a cosmic move of heaven and earth. Because you offended God. He loves you. No, we move and we act out of the love of God. And that's what, that's what John says again in 2 John 1.6. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the very commandment you have heard from the beginning, that you walk in love. So why do we obey? For a pat on the back or a swat on the butt? No! Because we love Him. And we're observing the love He gave to us. Shemar. We're observing what He's demonstrated to us. Ephesians says, Walk in love as Christ loved us. As Christ loved us. As Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So why do I want to follow the observing, obedient commands of God? Because of what Jesus did. I want to model that. I want to live that love. We've been invited into the love of God. Do you get this? You've been invited to participate of the nature of God and God is love. He invites you in. He says, Father, make them one as you and I are one, that we may be one with them. We are in His love. We're in His nature. We're invited into the Godhead. Is this wild? Why would I want to act apart from that? Why do I want to please this stinking flesh and offend my loving God? Oh, I will observe Him and I'm going to put a crown of thorns around His commandments. I'm going to make sure that I don't offend Him. I'm going to watch what I think, watch what I say, watch what my hands do. I'm going to obey because I love Him. I don't fear that I'm going to be punished. I'm not looking for a reward. Give me 20 bucks back. I put five in the basket today. Really, that's what we've reduced it to. Equations and foolishness. It works. These things work. God said, do this. So if you give me money or do this, give me two hours today, I'll give you a week off next week. What are we we looking for from Him? No. We observe this love. We've grown up. We are not Israel. We are not the children of Israel. We are not unregenerate people trying to live a holy life. You've been born again. You've been born from above. The law that was on stone is now in your heart. It was demonstrated by the love of Christ. It was shamar. It was protected and put into you so that you would now protect it and invite the lost into this protection of God. We've moved from obedience to observance. To love. He said it over and over and over. They will know that you are mine by your what? Love. By our love for Him. By our love for each other. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the law, He said. And now we put that in you and because it is now in us and we're a new creation. There's no one else like us on earth. No other religion can birth a new identity and a new person in God. There's nothing like a Christian. And so so we are set apart from everybody else. We are totally different. We are the ones who observe the law of God, the nature of God. You can observe the nature of God in me. So I've become a school of obedience. You want to observe God, watch me. You should say that to all your co-workers. If you got the bumper sticker, you better drive right if you're wearing the t-shirts, you better drive right. It sickens me that the cross has become a piece of jewelry. So many lost people wear crosses. Ah, oh, it's an ancient symbol. It just, it's cool, man. It's a, oh, it's a school of obedience. If you wear a cross, you better ob- walk in the love. That's how we're going to be known. Uh, you know what? Get rid of the t-shirts. Get rid of the crosses. Get rid of the bumper stickers. Get rid of everything and let them see how we observe Jesus. Amen? May not read the t shirt, but they'll know by our observance that we love Jesus. So, wear the t shirt, wear the gross. I'm not telling you how to dress. But do you see the difference? This school of obedience, Christ Community Church is going to walk like this. And we're expecting that everybody who sees us is going to know we're a disciple of Jesus Christ because we're walking in love. I've gone beyond obedience. I'm observing my master, Lord Jesus Christ. How could I do any less unto what he's commanded and to those around me? Let us pray. Oh God, you are worthy of all praise and honor. We are a people who will observe you in all that we do, in all that we say. We're not just obeying, we are loving you.